0: You would turn to Second Corinthians chapter two, verse fourteen. We're going to begin there in just a moment. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers that are out there. We have many of you with us. We hope that uh, that you have enjoyed your morning and that you will enjoy your day. Hope that uh, you get to see a lot of your family, your children, that they can be with you today also see several visitors with us today, and we're glad that you're with us. We hope that you can come and be with us all that you can. If there's anything we can do to help you in any way, just please speak to us. Stay around after services today. Talk with us. We'd be glad to do anything we can to help you through in this life. In Second Corinthians chapter 2, beginning in verse 14, The Apostle Paul says, Now thanks be to God, who always leads us in triumph in Christ, and through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. For we are to God the fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To the one we are the aroma of death leading to death, and to the other the aroma of life leading to life. And who is sufficient for these things? For we are not as so many peddling the Word of God, but as of sincerity, but as from God we speak in the sight of God in Christ. The Apostle Paul was talking about the victory that he has in Jesus Christ, the victory that we have in Jesus Christ as, as children of God. And he talks about the things that that's so wonderful in our lives. He was thankful for this victory. But he tells us also that That we as Christians, we have a fragrance. Just as many of you are wearing those little flowers this morning. Some of you are doing that. And we have that fragrance that's like from a flower. It's a good smell that, that we give to others. It's our influence of sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. Sharing our lives with others. That we might encourage them to also obey Jesus Christ. We want to do that. But for us to be able to do that, we must have our victory in Jesus. We must uh, be victorious over many things that we can live our lives for Jesus Christ. Think about one thing is that we must have victory over the world. In Romans chapter 12, verse 2, Paul said there, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You know, this world is ever-changing. Changes in, in the way that we dress. Changes in the things that we use in life. You know, we're in a thumb society now, aren't we? used to not be that way. There are a lot of changes in this world that are good changes. A lot of things that are helpful and needful to us. But there are some ideas and things that are passed on this life that are not so good. And that's what Paul is talking about, to not be conformed to these things. To be conformed means to be of the same form, to comply with, to be alike. And we don't want to be like the world in those things. We don't want to comply with with the sinful things that go along with this world. But he says that we need to be transformed. That is, we are to look different. We're to act different. We are different people. And when we do that, we are able to prove what is good and acceptable. We need to be able to stand out from the crowd. Especially when we see things that is not according to the Word of God. People ought to look in the midst and say, Well, here's that one person that's not going along with that. Why? They may not know why. But maybe when they start asking why, they come to find out that we live by a standard, and that standard is by the Word of God. Our fragrance kind of comes out upon them. Our influence is spread upon them that they may want to transform themselves also, that we all can prove that perfect will of God. We don't want to be uh, conformed that way, but we want to be transformed. John said, John said in 1 John chapter 5, verse 4, that for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. We must have this faith to overcome the world, to have that victory. You know, this is what Matt was talking to us about Wednesday night in his devotional lesson. That's, that's what he was thinking about as he was bringing that nice good lesson that he gave us then. We first must be born of God. That is that we have heard the Word of God. We believe the message of the Gospel. And when we believe that message, we repent of our sins. We confess the sweet name of Jesus. We're baptized into Christ That we're born again into a new life. And as we're born into that new life, this is a life that, that can truly beat the world, can overcome the influences that this world brings upon us. So that we can be a people to influence others. And with that faith in God we have the victory. We also see in James chapter 1 verse 27. That pure and undefiled religion before God the Father is this. Is to visit the orphans and the widows in their troubles. And keep oneself unspotted from the world. i like to concentrate on the last part of that verse. in that we want to keep ourselves unspotted from the world. To do that, we've got to stay away from the world as much as we can. Sometimes we can't. But I kind of think of it this way. I kind of think about here's someone that uh, we are going to a wedding, or maybe it's to a funeral, or maybe it's to some kind of a celebration in which we need to really dress up nicely. And we are expected to put on our very best clothing. Maybe we've gone out and rented something. And and so we got this nice clothing on. And now to get there, I'm going to go down this sidewalk to that place. And along the way, we see that there's the street that's next to us. And it's just full of water puddles. And there's a lot of traffic on there. And you're looking ahead. And and as you see the cars go by, they're just splattering water up there. Do you really want to go that way? (laughs) Do you want to get all that splatter on you? Especially if you're dressed up nicely. Oh, well, maybe over here, just a little bit paralleling, uh, a parallel sidewalk that's just a little bit out of the way that, that you can go and not be spotted from that. Which way should we go? But you see, in life, a lot of times we want to try to take that path where the world is going to splatter us. And the next thing you know, before we make it to our destination, we're just all covered up with it. We want to stay unspotted from the world. And when we can stay unspotted, we can have victory over this world. Also think about the victory we can have when we have victory over fear. 1 John chapter 4, verse, uh, verse 18 says that there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment, but he who fears has not been made in perfect love. You know, as we go through this life, there are some things that can scare us. Things that can scare us in a spiritual spiritual way, in an emotional way. And John is talking about this, that if we can put that love, that perfect love, that love gets within us, it casts out the fear that's in our life. And so we need to have that love. The key is love. And love will help us conquer whatever it is out there that, that scares us. In this life. And a lot of times it is that world, isn't it? The world has some scary things out there. But think about Hebrews chapter 13. Verse 6. There we find that the Hebrews writer tells us. That so we may boldly say. The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Well, again, we, we have that fear in our life. What do we do? The Hebrews writer says, let's go to God for help. Let's go to God for that protection of the things that we fear. Now think back. Think back when you was just very young. For you guys, that's not very long ago, was it? Some of us, a long time ago. If we could think back that far. You know, when little children are fearful of things. I was very fearful of thunder and lightning. A lot of children are fearful of Thunder and lightning. When that storm comes up, oh, they're so scared. Where do they go? Well, if all possible, they're going to run to daddy, aren't they? If dad's not available, maybe mom. If mom and dad, they're going to run to an adult. But the the person of choice is usually daddy. Daddy's going to protect me from that storm. Daddy's going to keep that lightning from getting me. And that's what we need to do with the fears that come in our life, that we need to go to our Heavenly Father. Take those fears to Him and let Him protect us from the things of this life. The Lord is my helper, I will not fear. What can man do to you? If we have God on our side, what can man do to you? This is what we've been studying on Wednesday night. As we've been looking through... uh, the Old Testament days of the divided kingdom and now into these minor prophets that, that spoke in those days. And you might remember we had a story not too many weeks ago, and again, even on Sunday morning, I, I think we had this recently, about Elisha and his servant. And here was uh, here was the foreign nation coming against them, and, and the servant was afraid. How are we going to fight these people? They're coming to take our lives. And Elisha was able to to opened this servant's eyes and he showed him these angelic beings that were out there to protect them. God has things out there that we cannot see. God has help out there for us that we cannot see. And God will protect us from the things that we do see. When God's on our side, why should we fear? We're going to have the victory. We're going to win with God on our side. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7 says that, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. We need to remember that. God gives us the spirit of power. God gives us the spirit of love. And God gives us the spirit of a sound mind. But God does not give us the spirit of fear. So if God doesn't give us that spirit, guess who does? If we have fear coming our way, we need to realize what the source of it is. And we need to, again, once again, run to God that we can get away from that fear and that we can stand up against that fear, that we can claim the victory. Let us not be fearful, but have victory over fear. And the one we fear the most, of course, is the devil. And we can have victory over the devil also. You know, we think about Matthew chapter 4. This is where Jesus was tempted by the devil three times. And each time Jesus answered the devil, it is written. Jesus knew a scripture. Jesus knew what to say. Each time the devil tempted him. Because we know that the devil is a deceiver. We know that the devil wants to fool us. He wants to trick us. He, he's going to come at us in that way. And he's fooled a lot of people. He's deceived a lot of people. But he never deceived Jesus. Any time the devil put a notion into the mind of our Lord and Master, Jesus could say, It is written, And I can assure you that even though the Scripture tells us that He said this three times, I'm sure that the devil approached Him on many other occasions, maybe not recorded by our Gospel writers, and whether Jesus said it is written or thought it is written, He knew what the Scripture said. And He was able to counteract against the things that the devil would bring. Jesus knew what these Scriptures also meant. He knew what they meant in context where he can stand against the trickery of the devil. So John says once again, in 1 John chapter 2, verse 14, he says, I have written to you fathers, because you have known Him who is from the beginning. I have written to you young men, because you are strong, and the Word of God abides in you, and you have overcome the wicked one. John is writing to some people who he says... They were strong. They knew God. They understood what they needed to do in their lives to overcome the things that the devil might bring to them. They were able to overcome the wicked one, as it says in this verse. God's Word was in them. God's Word abided in them. Now, I was thinking about this verse a little bit. I'm thinking about maybe the age when I was maybe Isaac's age or Jacob's age, somewhere in there. You know, if someone came to me today and I was your age, I could tell them who was leading the major leagues in the home runs right now. I could tell you the batting averages of most of the ball players. And I could tell you all these, I was just like a statistical genius. I kept up with it every day. I could tell you the records that were going on in football during the football season, and then basketball, who the scoring leaders were, and, and who was the hot team, and how many games behind uh, the Braves might have been behind whoever. I could tell you. All, you know why I knew that? I just studied it. I just was constantly, and this was before Sports Center, <laughs> and I was watching all those things, and it abided. I could tell you all about it. Now, how does the Word of God abide in you? Same way, isn't it? We've got to be consistently and constantly reading it, studying it, thinking about it. And that way, when we come up to somebody, we can tell tell you all about it. Someone, you know, they ask us about, well, you worship different over there. You can tell them about it. Yes, this is what the Scripture says. Uh, In fact, you go right over to the Scripture and it it tells why we don't have a piano up here. Oh, this is why we worship and uh, we have the Lord's Supper every Sunday. This is why we do that. Well, why do y'all do this and so well, this is why I can, we turn over to the Scripture and we, we show them that. Well, why do you stand against a certain thing that people do in this life? Well, because the Bible calls it sin. Let me show you where that's found and, and you can show them what it is. Well, you people are really big about baptism. That's right. Let me tell you why. And we can just open it up and, and we can tell them about it. Because the Word abides in us. And we're able to overcome the devil because, uh, you know, you've heard of playing devil's advocate. Well, some people are doing that for real. I mean, they are the devil's advocate. And they're they're trying to get us twisted around and, and, and to believe other things. But that's not going to happen if the Word abides in us. When we're strong and we know God, we'll have victory over the world. We'll have victory over fear. We'll have victory over the devil. We'll defeat all these that come against us. Let's think about, as we close our lesson this morning, what Paul also said back in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, beginning in verse 53. He says, For this corruptible must put on incorruption... And this mortal must put on immortality. Let's stop there just a second. This is a, a corruptible body. We, we are going to be corrupted physically. And there's going to be some things that corrupt us spiritually. And, and we are mortal beings. We're going to die someday. Don't we want to be incorruptible? Don't we want to put on immortality? Verse 54 says, So when this corruptible has put on incorruption, and this mortal has put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. Death is not a happy time. For many people suffering in pain from a disease and, and as they go in that process of dying it's that part of it is not not good at all. Even though we know we got something better for us afterwards. But that death is swallowed up in victory because we know we have something better for us. We know that we live through this world and and, and we've defeated the world. we defeated our fears. we defeated the, the things that the devil has thrown at us. We've overcome all those things. So verse 55 says, O death, where is your sting? O Hades, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin and the strength of sin is the law. You see, when people pass from this earth, it is something that, that does sting. For many people, it stings because their life is full of sin. Their life has been corrupted. And there's been no rem- remedy for that corruption. And they died in their sin. And now it's too late for them to do anything about it. It's a very, very sad time. We'll be seeing it in just a moment. There's a sad day coming. It's sad. And it's very hurtful for people. But the reason that it stings, the strength of sin is the law. If there was no law, there would be no sin. But yet we, God has given us a law. And when we violate the law, then we have committed sin. But then he says in verse 57, But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. To put this more in context, you'd have to read the entire chapter. But what he's talking about here is we've overcome all that. And death is not going to be a sting to us because we have the victory that comes through Jesus Christ our Lord. And we're thankful and we praise God. And that's why we're here this morning. That's why we're singing these songs of praises. We're thankful to a God that loves us enough, that cares about us enough, to give us a way to overcome this sin. And that when we die someday, we don't have to deal with the sting of death, but yet there will be victory when we pass from this earth. And so my question to you this morning is, have you claimed that victory? I know most of us have, at least. And, and we're, we're ready for that day. We're looking forward to that day the meeting God and judgment. But there may be some here who have not. You have not prepared yourself. Remember, we must be born of God. We must believe that Jesus is God's Son, repent of our sins, and put on the Lord in baptism to wash away the sins that's in our life. So have you obeyed the Gospel? Do you have that victory? And if you need to claim that victory, we'll give that invitation to you to come now as we stand and sing this song.